Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of VMware's Partnership Perspectives. I'm Kathleen Tandy, Vice President of Global Partner and Alliances Marketing at VMware, and I'm pleased to bring you the stories and trends from VMware industry analysts, partners, and executives from around the world. Today, I'm joined by John Harrison, a Managing Director with Accenture and their North America Infrastructure Engineering Lead, part of Accenture Cloud First. John is responsible for the project and operational services Accenture provides clients in public and hybrid cloud infrastructure, network, service management workplace, and database platforms. Together, we discussed use cases and desired business outcomes that are leading organizations to multi-cloud, as well as some of the common challenges they might encounter along the way, and how the Accenture VMware Business Group helps clients execute a cloud-first strategy from migration to cloud management. Enjoy the full conversation now. John, welcome to Partnership Perspectives. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Kathleen. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. That's great. So Accenture has been a very strategic partner for VMware for many years. And today, more than ever, with last year's launch of the Accenture VMware Business Group, I'm looking forward to talking with you today about the importance of that particular venture. But first, let's start with you, a little bit about you, your background, your career with Accenture, and the role you play as part of Accenture's cloud-first infrastructure solutions group, which is a mouthful, but you guys are doing a lot with that initiative. So maybe just a bit of background on me. I'm a managing director, as you said, within Accenture's cloud-first business. And I'll take a moment in a minute here to explain what that means, something that I'm incredibly excited about. And within that organization, I lead our infrastructure engineering business across North America. So I have responsibility for traditionally what has been our infrastructure consulting work, our project-based work, as well as our infrastructure outsourcing work. And really that cuts across all of the traditional infrastructure domains, network, workplace, database platforms, uh, service management. And then I think where we'll spend a lot of our time today, what we now call hybrid cloud, which was traditionally our data center business, but really we view everything now on this continuum of cloud that goes from public all the way to private and edge. And so that's where that fits. I can't remember whether it was last year or year before, but Accenture pulled together a lot of your different businesses as part of this cloud-first infrastructure solutions group. Why did Accenture make the decision to do that? And what is its role in terms of working with your clients in, I was call it the cloud space? So I couldn't be more pleased with how Accenture has positioned for this critical moment in many, many organizations, this pivot to the cloud, embracing new ways of working that are cloud enabled, the speed and agility with which the business is demanding things from IT. For all those reasons, in September of 2020, we announced Cloud First. And we did that alongside a $3 billion investment over three years really with the intent to help our clients across all industries become cloud-first businesses, accelerate their digital transformation, realize greater value, and do so at speed and scale that hasn't historically been possible. So within Cloud First, we brought together capabilities from across Accenture, 
pulled our practitioners together to be able to address customer needs end-to-end. That includes applications, cloud-based applications, creating modern applications, data, and then, of course, my particular area of responsibility, infrastructure. Really, in an effort to address this need to accelerate and go faster and to do it in an end-to-end manner. So the net result of all this, Kathleen, is bringing together 70,000 of our cloud professionals together. It's huge and it's so exciting, right? Because we've broken down some barriers that have historically existed organizationally. And now together with our broader industry and our technology capabilities, our ecosystem partners like VMware, we're really seeing the positive results of this with our clients and helping them solve their problems. Well, that's great. You're probably being a great role model for some of your clients in terms of breaking down those silos, because traditionally that's been one of the barriers I know that customers have had as they've sought to adopt cloud in a variety of different ways across that continuum. And I want to get to that continuum definition in a minute. But it sounds like from this and with this massive investment and the bringing together and the work that you've done, that you get to have a front row seat working with your clients on a daily basis around their decisions to, whether it's hybrid cloud, public cloud, multiple clouds, edge cloud, all of the cloud decisions, the reasons why, and then how they're tackling that. So starting with the why, from your experience, what's driving your clients to be able to move in this direction, which is a pretty substantial and substantive need if Accenture is going to dedicate 70,000 of its valuable professionals to help its client base with this new part of the market. Sitting here in the midst of an Omicron surge, the world is a different place. And the demands of the business on IT to move at speed and at scale that have never been achievable before to do more with the investments that they're given, to really pivot from being just a bottom line focused organization around the cost to deliver services back to the business to generating new streams of revenue with the business and partnership. I talk about all these things a lot because what I say to my team and what I say to a lot of my clients is there's never been a more exciting time to be in this industry. And it really is to serve that rapid pace of change and the ability to do more than we've ever had the opportunity to do in the past. So the pandemic has absolutely been, we've seen that across all, I think, aspects of our industry being this driver, whether it's reactive or then people realizing things are changed permanently, we need to adapt. It has been absolutely a huge driving force. I'm sure it's a driving force in different ways across different industries. And I'm curious whether besides the general driving force and pace of change, how is cloud playing a role in helping your clients and IT organizations deliver that business value at scale and speed? And then are you seeing variations in that role across different industries? We certainly are. And I think one of the nuances of this cloud journey that we've seen is very industry-centric solutions. Entire cloud-enabled platforms that serve a particular industry need and can be consumed as a service without the need to build something custom, rather configure something that exists as a platform already. And that's been a key enabler of speed and a key differentiator in a number of different industries. I spend a lot of my time in biopharmaceuticals. 
which has also been a very interesting place to be over the last two years. The pace at which research organizations can accelerate that cycle, can deliver new therapies to market, they don't need to build all of the capabilities themselves. Cloud enables them to tap into capabilities that accelerate those outcomes for them. And I think that's a key element as we look at the cloud journey for any organization is let's start with the vision. What are you trying to achieve? I think as we entered into the cloud evolution, it was a cost play. The cloud is not just a cost play. It is also the opportunity to work differently, to take advantage of different capabilities, to transform the way that you run your business fundamentally, capture new revenue streams, and I think that's an important element of where we're at overall in this shift to cloud, that more organizations are starting to understand that there's more to it than just cost. Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the different capabilities. And first of all, I would say this is sounding like a fabulous picture about cloud is fantastic. So many benefits. You can do so many fabulous things. It unleashes capabilities. It may or may not save you cost, but I have to believe that the picture isn't completely rosy or else you and your team wouldn't have a lot to work on. I'm sure there are a lot of challenges that your clients face in navigating and being able to tap into the capabilities and be able to go faster. From your experience, what are some of the things that make it hard and is standing in the way of clients tapping into all the promised capabilities of a cloud infrastructure model. Can I go there in just a minute? I'm going to sure. start with the comment you made about cloud being all rosy. The way that I look at cloud and the way that, that I think we are looking at cloud and aggregate is a continuum. And so I just want to be clear, when I say cloud, it's not just public cloud. And we did research last year across 4,000 global business and IT leaders, 65% of them found significant cost savings in the cloud, but that is defined as this cloud continuum. And an understanding that today, whether it's edge-based capabilities enabled by our partners like VMware, whether it is public cloud capabilities, whether it is traditional private cloud, as you stitch these things together, you have a continuum and the capabilities of the public cloud are increasingly more available across that continuum. And we have the opportunity now to think strategically about what we place where and why, and what the value of that is going to be for the business. And so if we think about that continuum and we think about cloud as an ongoing journey, as opposed to a destination, beyond the cost play, there is this opportunity. And, and we saw about 12 to 15% of respondents in that survey that I mentioned, seeing substantial gains from treating it not as a destination, but an ongoing journey. What does that mean? I think a lot of people do think of cloud as a destination, that we're going to get to a moment in time where we have our edge cloud, we use a variety of different multiple public clouds, we have our on-premises data center, we're good. We have that. So can you describe a little bit more about how you see it as a journey versus, versus a destination? If we really talk about this as a catalyst for change across the organization, we're going to have business processes that change. We have the way we do IT support changing. 
we have new capabilities, new opportunities coming at a more rapid pace than ever that we have to assess, we have to understand, we have to determine how to deploy and do all this in partnership with the business in a rapid evolution. That doesn't stop because the innovation doesn't stop. And the leading organizations are embracing that continuous posture of change in innovating across their regular operations, making it table stakes for the way that they run their business. So Kathleen, I'm going to go back. You asked me a question and I diverted you. So I'm going to go back to some of the challenges, if that's all right. Oh, yeah. Well, and I can imagine even just from what you talked about in terms of a continuous process of change, that has a whole host of challenges, even before considering all of the different challenges from adopting the continuum capabilities. So Kathleen, I, I think you asked me a question about what are the challenges holding companies back? In my mind, there's a couple of discrete things that you can point to. This can be scary, right? The complexity of this change that needs to be orchestrated across such a diverse set of stakeholders in the business is large. It's really important to have a tour guide on that journey to navigate the complexity of that change. There's security and compliance considerations. Many organizations, this is new to them. How do we determine what goes where and why? And how does that apply to the governance that we have internally? Often what I see is that there can be misalignment between the IT and the business. There's perhaps concern about driving misalignment with a large transformation like this. And, and it's so important to really articulate the value up front, right? What's the North Star? Where do we intend to go as an enterprise? What is this going to do for us? What value is it going to unlock? And then there's just the complexity of large environments that need to be looked at. The spaghetti that is legacy applications and infrastructure and how they connect together. And there are ways to address that. There are ways to make that more efficient, but it's a lot and it can be daunting. Well, I think outlining those challenges, I can see why Accenture has pulled so many people to work on this because every one of those topics is a deep, we could spend hours on each one of those security and compliance challenges, which have just multiplied at scale and speed over the last two years breaking down silos. I'm sure that for each one of those, with the manpower and the talent and capability that your practice and the whole Cloud First Group at Accenture has to bring to bear to this, that you've now developed a set of best practices to be able to help come in. And I don't want you to have to give any secrets away, but I'm curious as to maybe what some of the, the top three best practices that you as a practice leader have come to identify when helping customers navigate through that. And the other thing, coming back to something that you were talking about was cloud not being a destination, but being a journey. And you talked about how you need to have a continual kind of posture of change, which probably sounds that you are advising your clients on how to bake in anticipating change into the whole mindset. So I'm curious as to what some of the best practices might be that you've learned working with the, the hundreds of clients that you do and how you are advising them and getting them comfortable with living with a continual mindset that there is no destination. It's always going to change. Certainly there are key milestones along that journey. 
We have destinations, but the journey doesn't end. And that's, I think, the really important part. As I think about some of the best practices, I mean, number one, know where you want to go. You got to start with a vision and you have to understand both your capabilities relative to delivering on that vision, but also your vulnerabilities. Understand where the risks are going to be and plan for them ahead of time. The way that we've run IT in the past is not necessarily the way that we run IT in the future. And so as we think about how we operationalize this journey, how we operationalize this new set of technology that we now have access to, we spend a whole lot of time thinking about things like automation. We've invested an, an incredible amount of money into two of our marquee platforms, one called MyNav, which is an accelerator to help facilitate the journey to the cloud. One called My Wizard, And there's an incredible amount of automation that is built into that so that you can take some of the routine tasks that you've had people worrying about, waking up thinking about, looking at ticket queues and, and making sure that problems are addressed. And it, you can have the technology solve some of those problems yourself. And you know what that does? It frees up capacity in your people to start focusing on the next milestone in that change journey. And it puts them in a posture where they can innovate as opposed to react to problems. And that's such a key aspect of this. So that's one thing, planning for that upfront. And then stay committed to the strategy. Once you have your North Star, once you start out on your journey, there's not an off-ramp. There may be twists and turns. You may deviate from the course a little bit, but stay committed because the outcome is achievable. Well, it's likely that the outcome evolves as well in an environment of constant change. Not trying to imply that the finish line changes, but what is possible probably changes as your customers start to adopt and embrace this cloud continuum. Do you have an example of a client who you think has done this well that you could share? I'll share one, and, and it's very relevant to our partnership, Kathleen, which is super important. And we formed, for those who are unaware, the Accenture VMware Business Group just about a year ago at this point. And we formed this based on this incredible market position that VMware has, this incredible market position that Accenture has, and the ability to work together to accelerate our customers on the journey that we've been describing here. The reality is your technologies are public cloud agnostic. You're working with all of them. Your software-defined data center capabilities are in the vast majority of customers that I interact with. And so as you stitch together your technologies that are also very tuned to that cloud continuum that I described, that hit all parts of it, we're able to work together to accelerate with, with the experiences that we have and, and your technology underpinning it. And so when I think about a customer success, I, I think about a large client in North America who wanted to achieve exactly what we're talking about, a very legacy operating model, a very traditional IT environment, very little adoption of the cloud, and a need to drive out costs. We work together with the AVBG, with VMware on one of the public cloud providers, and we were able to put together a rapid migration plan that has been delivering incredible cost savings for them over time. While we're retooling and changing the operating model, while we're coming in and managing things differently, looking at the applications and the infrastructure as a contiguous unit, as opposed to separate horizontal functions. 
And the speed to market that this customer has been able to achieve, the increase in speed to market has been measured, has been realized at a 10 to 15% gain. In addition to that, there's been over a $25 million cost reduction in annual operating expenses, right? So they've delivered the value on phase one or milestone one of driving the cost out, but they've set their sights on milestone two, which is the speed to market increase that they've been able to deliver on that we've helped them together to deliver them. And now they have this visibility of their IT costs across this cloud continuum, using many of the things that you guys enable with your products. It's one of my favorite stories to highlight because it's fast, it accomplished everything, and it's now providing this platform to grow into the future. That sounds like a fantastic success story. Can I ask, was this years or how quickly do you think the client started to see value? And I think that's a really important point because from where you sit, talking about one, the challenges and the barriers and the obstacles and the fact that this is a journey and lifetime, a number of, of folks listening may think, oh, this is a big project. This is going to take a long time. Ah, oh, we have to really think about, do we want to pursue this? And so hearing in stories of, nope, they started seeing value pretty quickly, I think is really encouraging to folks that are maybe still sitting on the side of the pool and haven't dived in yet. I think for those folks who are listening, it's just a matter of when, not a matter of if. To be relevant in today's digital business, the cloud has to be a part of it. I'll say again, cloud is table stakes these days, but it's the continuum of cloud and it's the ways of working in the cloud. And it's the pace of change and innovation that we've talked about multiple times here that will keep you relevant in the market going forward. Every business is a digital business now. Absolutely. You mentioned that one of the big realizations of this company was this huge $25 million cost savings. Do you see that cost is typically the primary reason that gets people in the game and they start to then realize that, I mean, 10 to 15% increase in time to market is significant especially when amortized over time. But I'm curious whether you see that most clients are thinking of this cost as, as that first driver to get in the game. The cost savings, typically one of the primary drivers why clients begin these initiatives. I think oftentimes cost is the thing that gets people started. And certainly there's great advantage to be able to variableize your cost in many industries to get better transparency and predictability about your cost over time and to control consumption, to have a lever to pull around consumption that variableizes it for you. Now, that being said, cloud in and of itself will not be a cost savings for everyone. And if we look at the cloud journey and evaluate our willingness to embark on the cloud journey by cost savings alone, we're missing a trick. What we have found over and over again is that there are so many other value levers that are unlocked as you get into this journey the ways of working that we talked about, the new lines of revenue, the ability to tap into new and constant innovation and change that can be brought and used in your business. While we start with IT focusing on cost always, because we've had to, there's now an entire other lens that we can evaluate these programs with. That's, I think, a critical way to help IT organizations, IT leaders show their value to their business versus just being that cost center 
I would assume that one of the values that you deliver and partners around the the globe listening to this could probably take advice from is part of the work I can imagine is helping your organizations be able to measure those other aspects of impact to the business, because that's not typically how IT organizations have measured their impact, has it? Those of us who have been IT professionals for a long time are very used to operating on the bottom line of the balance sheet. We're a cost focus. And that's one of the things that, as I described, pulling together various aspects of Accenture into this cloud-first organization, we have representatives from our business consulting groups, people that understand these industries, these businesses in and out, the evolution and maturity that every industry is going through at this moment, and the levers that can be pulled. And, And that's oftentimes when I talk about setting your vision, setting the North Star, and understanding what your goals are, it's really those goals financially around the transformation case, the case for change on both sides of the balance sheet. And that's why it's been so important to us to be able to connect all these different parts of Accenture together and to come in and and lead through these programs end to end. I think that really does speak to the unique way that Accenture is approaching delivering value to its clients in this cloud continuum world. And I would say multi-cloud world, because at VMware, we are all about multi-cloud. You mentioned that we are, in a sense, we are neutral, which we are. We work with everybody, whether it's any of the, we call them the leading hyperscalers, whether it's our vast network of our cloud providers. We want to be able to be that control plane across and help unleash the value of any cloud for any workload for our clients. With regards to multi-cloud, and you had shared your definition of cloud continuum, from edge to public to private, how are you seeing the growth and the use of multiple clouds across your clients? Probably most in that public cloud space, but it probably could extend across the entire continuum as described. Are you seeing that as a trend? We're seeing data. I'd be curious whether you're seeing that same data and what the driver is there for your clients. So we are seeing that data and we're seeing that most of our clients pick a primary, but are not only consuming services from the primary. I think there's many reasons for that, but I often talk about fit for purpose, that there are nuanced differences in each of the capabilities that each offer. And there may be specific business value for one platform versus another. We talk about data gravity. Data gravity is this important topic as we look at the exponential growth of data in every organization and the value associated with that data, value that gets unlocked in the move to the cloud that has historically been locked away and the need to be able to consume applications close to that data where possible for high velocity use cases. The approach that you describe of multi-cloud and extending multi-cloud capabilities down all the way through to the edge and everything in between, containers, serverless, paths, all of the above, and then having this control plane, this layer of abstraction, and this layer of aggregation that gives you the ability to seamlessly manage all of that is critically important. And that, of course, is where you know we are very excited to be playing a key role because we believe we can offer a better way to do that than anybody else out there in the market and are happy to be working with you and sharing that with a number of your clients. So you were talking about applications and more and more, we know that application modernization is part of a company's overall cloud strategy because we're increasingly seeing that 
That is the reason for a lot of this transformation. It's around better applications to conduct business, open new business models, connect with customers. How do you see the connection or the interplay of application modernization fitting into your client's cloud strategies? And then what challenges does that bring for you and your infrastructure engineering team? It's a really good question. So application modernization is the catalyst for a lot of this transformation that we talk about. Otherwise, we're talking about a surrogate data center. At the end of the day, if we don't change it while we move it, we're going to lose the ability to reap all the benefits that exist. And we may not give the business the opportunity to take advantage of some of the capabilities that they would then have access to. And so when we talk about modernization, there's a number of drivers for it, not the least of which is security. That's something that I know you know, we're working on together quite a bit. So from an application security perspective and being able to consume more services more securely, from fit for purpose, as organizations have grown up, they've dealt with sprawl. And it's something that we all manage day in and day out. And so to the degree that we're able to consolidate on platforms as opposed to individual applications, there's a lot of value, a lot of efficiency in that and a lot more ability for the data, which we just talked about, this inherent value in data that can then be consolidated and consumed across these platforms. So whether it's microservices, whether it's containerization, whether it's Kubernetes, we're seeing the shift to these modern-based applications as being key to one key aspect of the journey. I'm curious from a talent perspective, John, You've had a career in infrastructure, predominantly, continue to be excited about infrastructure, lead infrastructure engineers. And here we are talking about applications, which leads up into developer topic. Are you seeing the trend more that folks who've traditionally been in infrastructure are having to learn application language and considerations with regards to application development? Or are you seeing developers being forced to learn about infrastructure, which one more, or is it both? So the lines are blurring. The lines between applications and infrastructure don't exist the way that they have in the past. We used to have this very stark delineation. Once it gets under the data in the database, the management of the database and everything underneath it and the architecture and engineering is the infrastructure function. That's no longer the case, and it can't be the case. As we automate more, required to write infrastructure as code, infrastructure that manages and runs itself. As we talk about DevOps and DevSecOps and modern delivery models, the infrastructure becomes transient. It's less physical and it's all virtual. And so we can instantiate that infrastructure at the same time that we deploy code which is really one of these modern operating principles that is helping to unlock the value case more broadly. Infrastructure professionals are writing code, application professionals are learning about infrastructure, and we're going as a team to address modern applications. I'm curious from your perspective, who has the harder mind shift? I'll speak personally because it's, it's harder for me to shift into an application development world. I tell a story often about VMware. Early on in my career, the big shift to virtualization and VMware, I wrote some code back then 
to connect together multiple VMware clusters and report on the health in aggregate. Now, of course, like two weeks later, you guys introduced new capabilities to do exactly what I had done. Because we knew that was a fantastic use case. (laughs) But as I reflect on that, infrastructure professionals have always been writing code. It's just the way that we do it in partnership with the application teams now and the way that we can make it live on and operate in a seamless manner and touch more components of the infrastructure that, that make it really exciting and really increase the speed. That's great. I'm curious as a leader of a bench of infrastructure professionals, how are you helping to up-level the skills of your team to be familiar with these new developer languages? And are you encountering any resistance or does everyone share your same enthusiasm and love for this business? And are they embracing it with the same enthusiasm? Yeah, I think on the whole they are. Whether it's my team or whether it's clients that I'm talking to, I think there's this recognition that infrastructure professionals are at a key inflection point. It's not just in the data centers pulling floor tiles and running cables anymore. It's being in partnership, true partnership with the business and the application teams to deliver outcomes. And it's really exciting. And I think that that excitement permeates. And certainly, I know it's something that I spend a lot of time with my team on because the moment is in front of us as infrastructure practitioners, us to seize it. And I think the time is perfect to be able to up-level and be able to show the impact that infrastructure professionals can have on the business in new ways they never were able to have before. Yeah, it, it's really exciting. Now, one topic we haven't talked about, which shows how we are fully adapting into the new world and the new normal two years into the pandemic, is about hybrid workplaces, hybrid work models, It used to be a topic which I talked about was one of the first things I talked about with people a year ago, and and now it's almost an afterthought. But it is still important. And two years into the pandemic, I'm sure you're also continuing to work with your clients around how they're designing support for a variety of different workplaces and hybrid work models. What trends are you seeing now with your clients? What are companies faced with and thinking about in terms of supporting their workforce in context of this cloud continuum and the capabilities that the cloud continuum offers? It's something we spend a lot of time on. So I mentioned at the front end, there are a number of different areas that are represented when I say infrastructure, digital workplace being one of them. And digital workplace is not decoupled from the rest of what's going on in in the enterprise IT world. We think a lot about the proliferation of devices, the explosion of devices, the spread of people and where they're working. We had to do this rapid shift to remote work, but this is more the norm now. I would expect that going forward, we're solving for a very different use case for how we enable our workers in aggregate and how we secure all of that. The boundaries of the work environment used to be the four walls of the office or the data center. It's no longer the case. And we need to enable this agile and flexible mechanism for workers to be productive, whether they're sitting in the office, in a coffee shop, in their home office, or somewhere else. And that's what we have to solve for. So we spend a lot of time with our customers talking about the worker experience. What experience do they want to curate and derive for the people that they're serving? Often this becomes a competitive differentiator for them in the labor market. 
it's not just salary and benefits anymore that are differentiating organizations. It's the experience that they deliver to their employees and the way that they can enable them to work. As you were talking about all the considerations, I'm sure that was all from, from the perspective of the worker, what kind of experience or employee experience they want, how is it in a recruitment tool or a retention tool. But I'm sure like all things that we've talked about today, it comes with challenges. And I got to imagine one of those is the area of security. Because with the proliferation of all those devices, we've seen an explosion in attack surface very creative people looking at ways they can leverage that to be able to infiltrate. We've seen, you know, stories in the news every day. And I'm sure that this is also top of mind. How are you working with your clients to weave that into the conversation? It's there from the first moment we begin a discussion. All the things that you describe are true and much more. And so security isn't something that we layer on at the end. It's something that we build for from the start. Actually, it's another great place where we partner together. And the AVBG really spends a lot of time with you know your suite of products and how we enable remote workers, how we enable seamless and secure interactions back into the enterprise from wherever we're at. It really does sound, as you were talking and describing about Accenture's Cloud First Initiative, all the different silos you brought together or broken down those silos to bring all the 70,000 perspectives to this that really you've got everything covered. And it sounds like a fantastic opportunity for your clients to be able to harness all the capability of the cloud on this journey, not a destination. I had such a great time talking about all aspects of cloud today. I would like to wrap out with some lightning round questions, some questions about you and your leadership philosophy. So diving right in, what book are you currently reading that is kind of inspiring? Book, app, article, new podcast, something that is inspiring a new way of thinking as we start a new year? A very non-techie book that I'm reading that I happen to be in the middle of right now. I don't know if it's inspiring me to do anything different, Kathleen, other than read more because I'm enjoying it. But that would be an older John Grisham that I missed called The Whistler. And so that's what's that's what's laying on my desk that I'm reading right now. Fantastic. I love this. This is how I get the best book applications. And I don't remember that one. Probably because that one wasn't made into a movie. (laughs) What is an essential piece of technology that you could not live without in your day-to-day life? Oh, I feel like this is a trick question. The iPhone would be too easy an answer, wouldn't it? I'm going to go with broadband network connectivity. Oh, okay. I will take that as, as we think about the new Maslow hierarchy of needs And I think about in our house, we live in a place where frequently the power goes out because we kind of live up in the country and whenever trees knock down power lines. And I will say that is one of the first thing that goes that we all just don't know how to survive. (laughs) How do we communicate with anybody when that goes? So I will take that. If you think about of all the clients that you've worked with, your smartest, most forward-thinking customers... What's the one thing that they're doing right that you wish your other clients would learn from? I think it comes down to embracing the change, seizing the moment. The opportunity is there. Don't be scared of it. Be fearless. I love that. All right. Last question. I don't know if this is necessarily a lightning round question, but this is going to be my last question for you today. 
You have spent and you've talked about spending most of your career in the IT infrastructure world. You mentioned being a recovering systems administrator from back in the day. I know you probably laid your fair share of cable. After a healthy number of years in this industry, how do you continue to stay engaged, excited? You definitely have a spirit of enthusiasm that comes through in your answers in our conversation. What keeps you so excited about coming to work every day? That's a really easy question for me to answer, Kathleen. I don't know if that's supposed to be a tricky one or not, but you could make that a lightning round for me because it is the people. The people is what gets me excited. They're challenging me just as much as I'm challenging them. We're keeping each other moving forward. And that extends beyond the Accenture people. It's the clients that we work with. It's the partners that we work with. And that's the fun part of the job for me. That's great. I love how a technology-focused conversation at its essence comes down to the people, which is why I think we're all here at the end of the day. John, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Just loved learning about the cloud continuum, about all the different exciting ways Accenture is working with its clients and with VMware around helping everybody tap into this new frontier and this continuing cloud journey. It's been a pleasure, Kathleen. Thank you for the opportunity. And we're back. What a fascinating conversation with John. It was particularly great to learn how organizations can better manage the complexity of multi-cloud together with Accenture and VMware, and how the strength of our alliance enables customers to successfully realize the value of cloud computing. I hope you enjoyed this great conversation too. To learn more about VMware, please visit VMware.com. To connect with John, you can find him on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Remember to subscribe, follow, and review VMware Partnership Perspectives podcast from your streaming platform of choice. For more information on VMware's partner programs, please visit partnerexecutiveedge at vmware.com. I'm Kathleen Tandy. Thanks for listening and hope to see you next time.